0: Homage to the Blessed One, Noble One, the Rightly Self-Awakened One. Homage to the Blessed One, Noble One, the Rightly Self-Awakened One. Homage to the Blessed One, Noble One, the Rightly Self-Awakened One. Welcome to all the monks and novices, and blessings to all the laity coming together for Dhamma practice of chanting, meditation, training the mind to have samadhi, Concentration and learning about Dhamma. When we train the mind to have samadhi, concentration, we develop awareness of the in and out breath as the object of our mind. We can do this in conjunction with the word butto, like when the breath goes in, we think but, and when the breath goes out, we think to, or just simply being aware of the in and out breath. Having mindfulness with this breath. This is a method to make the mind peaceful. But some people will use contemplation of a certain Dhamma theme. Like when chanting, there may be a Dhamma theme that arises and makes an impression on the mind, and we take that Dhamma theme up for investigation. And then we gain clearer knowing into the Dhamma. This is called wisdom instructing the mind to have samadhi arise. This is dependent on the expertise of each person who have different characters and levels of spiritual development and how they've been training their mind. And when they proceed in this way of contemplation, they will find that it's easy to have peace in the mind arise. Metta, loving-kindness, karuna, compassion, mudita, sympathetic joy and upekka, equanimity, are meditation objects. They are a skillful method for making the mind to have samadhi. In the beginning, there is a good wish for others to have happiness, to be free from suffering. When they have happiness already, we want them to have more happiness. If they have suffering, we want them to be free from that suffering. Or when they have goodness and virtue, and they gain success, we rejoice with them. But when they're not going well, we don't add to that and make it worse, because it's the result of each individual's past karma. This is putting the mind in a state of equanimity or indifference. And we can look at a simple example of the cultivation of the divine abidings from parents who are raising children. The parents have metta, Both parents may be working or the mother is at home looking after the child with a lot of metta. If the child is hungry, wants to sleep, or the child wants something and can't speak so calls out, the parents will understand what the child wants. They have metta to look after the child, to give food, rice, water, looking after them really well. When their child is sick, has fever and is suffering, Then both the father and mother help with the utmost of their ability and skill. This is all with the good wish that the child will be able to grow up well, study until they can graduate and succeed in work. Then the parents will be very proud. They will have happiness when their child can graduate, have good mindfulness and wisdom, do well and are responsible in their work. They are joyous then. They have a good wish that their child will have happiness and success like that. They wish that their child won't be parted from that happiness and success that they have. This is the mudita that the parents have for their child, which is easy to observe. And when the child is successful in all things, then the parents are able to free their hearts and not worry. They can leave the child to do their work and responsibilities with whatever strength and skills their child has. This is a child being able to be responsible for their work. The parents are relieved and at ease. They may have then more time for themselves and can give time to do more chanting, meditation and Dhamma practice. This is because their child is able to carry their own burdens. This is having equanimity in the path of leading our lives. Now let's look at the practice of developing equanimity. If one can have equanimity, then one can let go with mindfulness and wisdom as well. Equanimity is one method to make the mind peaceful to have samadhi. This is having a mind of equanimity. So let's look at this in practice from one example I want to share with you. There was one disciple of Venerable Ajahn Chah who was interested in practicing non-attachment in the path of Master Hui Neng, the sixth supreme patriarch of China. He practiced to not be attached, to be equanimous and not going to liking or disliking. He resided in a thatched roof kuti inside Wat Nongpa Pong. At this time it was in the monsoon season where it rains a lot. One day, the storm blew half of the roof off. He didn't bother to fix the roof. He just left the rain to leak into the hut. Many days had passed, and Arjun Cha walked past that kuti and asked, whose kuti was this? The monk said, it's my kuti. And Arjun Cha spoke and taught Dhamma, asking him, what are you practicing? The roof is leaking. So how come you haven't done anything about it? The monk answered, I'm practicing non-attachment. I'm practicing equanimity. Ajahn Chah said, This is not equanimity. This is not non-attachment. This is non-attachment of the type of not using your brain. Doing it like this is the indifference of a buffalo. If you have an abiding that is good and correct with sila dhamma, morality, and you practice with patient endurance and not being selfish, then you will understand the non-attachment of Master Hui Neng. Here, you haven't strived. There's no effort to fix the leaking roof to make it good. You didn't do this. This is the letting go without mindfulness and without wisdom. And so Ajahn Chah taught his disciple, and I myself have met this monk before, And he was very good at looking to be indifferent from the outside. Very self-restrained and indifferent. He trained in this well. But he was deluded. And so the great teacher taught him. And then he had mindfulness and wisdom arise in regards to having equanimity. When you can be equanimous, then you can let go. Here he was not equanimous correctly because a mind of equanimity is a mind that is a state of mind that is in the middle, away from liking and disliking. It is indifferent. But there must be peacefulness and warmth, and not lacking in anything at all. This is on the level of samadhi. And when one can be equanimous, they are able to put down the mental objects, moods and emotions that they receive. Like if someone without a mind of equanimity, without mindfulness and wisdom, they part from a loved one, then they will be mourning, sad and greatly affected. But those who have wisdom will be able to let go. This must be a person who has trained their minds well. And there is an example of this from the time of the Buddha. Lady Malika, who was the wife of General Bandula, the chief general of King Pasenadi. At this time, many officials were jealous of him, and so they made a plan and told King Persenadi that General Bandula had many people admiring him, and it may be the cause for rebellion. King Persenadi was tricked and made a trap so that General Bandula, along with his 32 sons, would go to subdue bandits and sent soldiers and executed General Bandula and all of his sons. But on the same day, Lady Malika had invited Venerable Sariputta, Venerable Mahamokalana, along with 500 monks to have the meal at their house. And there was one tray that fell and broke, and Venerable Sariputta Tara reminded the lady that it was something normal and natural that material things must break like this. And Lady Malika took out the letter that she carried in the fold of her dress and let Venerable Sariputta know that this morning a person had sent this letter saying that my husband and my thirty-two sons have all been killed by the soldiers of King Pasenadi. And I did not grieve then. So what could this tray do to me? Here, Lady Malika Dewi could be equanimous even after losing her husband and 32 children. Think about how much she must have trained her mind. It could only be a true noble disciple of the Lord Buddha, having a stable heart that could have equanimity. So we train in developing equanimity. When there is any disliking, aversion, sorrow and suffering arising, we try to train our hearts to come back To be a mind of equanimity. When we have lost something. Or more so if it's a loved one. Or a loved thing. Then we need to contemplate. Or contemplate it beforehand. Like Lady Malika. Who had contemplated it before. So that she was able to maintain her mind. This is someone with excellent wisdom. But if we haven't trained our minds. Then sometimes we'll see people we don't like people we hate and when they lose something or meet with something bad we will then add to their suffering only if we make their suffering worse than what they are already experiencing will we be content but if we have trained our minds well then we will think that this is Kama all living beings are the owners of their Kama heir to their Kama born of their Kama related to their Kama and abide supported by their kamma. Whatever karma they do, good or bad, they will receive the result of that karma. So we meditate on the subject that all living beings have their own karma. We do not add to their suffering. We don't think of making it worse for them. But what they receive is their own karma. This is the training of our mind, and this makes our mind... To not have disliking and aversion. And not being pleased at the suffering and troubles of others. This is having a mind of equanimity. Therefore, we must practice and strive. Practice samadhi. Despite how difficult it is, it's creating a shield to protect our minds. To have mindfulness, samadhi and to develop into wisdom then our minds will not be averse to the moods and emotions that come in from great loss. Or we are not pleased at people we hate receiving suffering. We train our minds in this way. When we are able to train our minds to not have liking or disliking towards all mental states, moods and emotions, then Ajahn Chah said, this path is the right way of practice. It is the quick way, the way that will lead to the seeing of Dhamma. Then, when we receive the mental states from people gossiping about us, criticizing us, then we will have mindfulness and wisdom and not be averse and have disliking arise. If people praise us, we are not pleased. When we say not liking or disliking, We may already have liking and disliking arise, but we train the mind to have mindfulness come back and to make the mind indifferent. We see that liking and disliking and all feelings arising in the mind are impermanent. They are not a sure thing, all of it. They are things that arise, stay and then cease. And in the beginning, we won't see this clearly. But when we keep training and practicing, and the mind has good mindfulness, good samadhi, then we will see into these mental states clearly. Until ultimately, we can contemplate all things as emptiness, and then our hearts can go to emptiness. We can then understand the Dhamma of letting go of all the mental states, moods and emotions. So may you be determined. May you all grow in Dhamma and in blessings.